Hey, it is so good to see you guys. Man, this is so cool to see you guys. Um, how many people were not here last week? Were not here last week. Awesome. Well, hey, I want to go ahead and let you guys know this. We are talking, as you can see, uh, we're going through Song of Solomon right now. And what that is, is it is a love book, man. It is really looking at everything. Hey, shh, calm it down. We're looking at everything from attraction to dating to marriage to intimacy to conflict, everything. Yeah, I mean, it is, we're going through it all. So, so, is there anybody who, don't, who, who doesn't feel comfortable going through that? Anybody here right now? Speak now, forever hold your peace. Because, listen, I said it last week. I said it last week. I want this to be a mature conversation. I think you guys as teenagers, it is totally, or preteens, about to be teenagers. I think that it's totally okay for you guys to have this kind of conversation. But I need you guys to be adults about it. Are you, are you cool with that? We cool? Everybody say we're cool. We're cool? Awesome. Awesome. Well, last week, what did we talk about in Song of Solomon? We only got seven verses in. We're only seven verses in, but what did we talk about? Absolutely. Look at the characteristics. What, what was the word? There was a word there that was there. Do you know it? Do you know the word? Attraction. Yeah. So Solomon... And this woman that, that he, he falls for, they, they get attracted to each other. And that's what we were talking about last week. We, we looked at how Solomon's name was, was like a tower. You remember that? You guys remember all this? How, how she talked about his name. She said, hey, you know, they were very transparent with each other in their attraction. We talked about how the woman was a hard worker. You guys remember? The woman was a hard worker. And she actually had sunburnt skin. You remember? She was, like, self-conscious about that. But it was what? It was what you said over here. It was what was on the inside. It was the character that was really driving that attraction. It was not. It was not the physical uh, appearance of, 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 of what somebody looked like. It was what they, or smelled like. Yeah, especially in that time, or what they smelled like. So we're going to keep going through that, and we're going to talk about dating. So, get ready. How many people are dating currently? You currently dating. How many people are single as can be? And you are okay with it. Hey, man, that's good. That's okay. That's okay. I think that this is really important because if you're single, shh, if you're single, you're able to, to figure out how you want to date moving forward. This was something that I went through as a kid or as a teenager. In, in my youth group, this was the same exact stuff that I was listening to. And it changed my life on how I perceived relationships. So, in the Old Testament, did people date very much? No. Yes. Yes. It was arranged marriages. There was, there was no eh. Sorry. I, yeah, I get it. I get it. There was no arranged, or there was no uh, dating in that culture. It was all like, hey, I'll give you a goat for your daughter. And they're like, cool, I'll take two goats and you can have her. And then you can have her sister. It was crazy. <laughs> it was wild. So, so listen, as we're, so as we're talking, we have a lot to go over. Shh, we good? 
as we're talking, we have a lot to go over, but I think it's going to be really interesting and really good for you guys to see. No, they're not really dating because that's not what people did in that time. But you can see the context of their conversation, and it seems a lot like a date. Okay? We'll get into it. So if you guys uh, want to turn to Song of Solomon 7 and 8 in chapter 1, very first chapter. We went over 7. If you guys have your Bibles... If you guys have your Bibles or maybe you have a phone, that's cool too. Or if you don't have anything, you can look it up on the screen. Give you guys some, some time to get there. Uh, yeah, so, so this is actually where we ended last week. We only got seven verses in. And I think that it's really cool that we got that much content in seven verses. Tonight we're going to go over a lot. And so just put on your seatbelts and buckle up because I think it'll be good though. Promise. Promise. So everybody there? If you're there, say there. If you're not there, say not there. And if you see it on the screen, say I'm there. There we go. Awesome. Cool. All right. All right. We're going to read it. We are going to read verse 7 right here. It says, tell me, you whom I love, where you graze your flock and where you rest your sheep at midday. Remember we were talking about that being I'm not going to cheapen myself. And then she said this. She said, why should I be like a veiled woman beside the flocks of your friends in verse 8? It says, if you do not know, most beautiful of women, follow the tracks of the sheep and graze your young goats by the tents of the shepherds. Listen, so in these two verses, we see the first important thing in dating, okay? First important thing, and that is time. Everybody say time. Time is important. See, the woman in, the, in the, these two verses was asking where Solomon shepherded his flocks and told him that she wasn't going to be like a woman who was veiling herself, right? She wasn't going to cheapen herself. And Solomon replies in a playful way. He almost says this. He almost says, if you don't know, follow the trail of the flock to find me and bring some of your own flocks. So you won't worry about having to get mistaken for a prostitute or something, somebody who is selling themselves. So listen, so just these, these two verses, we see that the man and the woman, it's evident that they want to spend time together. Everybody say time. They want to spend time together. Time is of extreme importance. Time is of extreme importance to them in these two verses. Um, how many people were here last week? Oh, man, last week was fun, wasn't it? <laughs> Thank you, thank you. If you, if you didn't know, if you didn't know, I got engaged to my beautiful girlfriend, now my fiance, Macy. Oh, man, it's crazy. It's been a week now. It's wild. And when I was thinking of this, I was thinking of time. Um, obviously, we've only been dating six months, so you have to put in a lot of time in six months, man. We've spent almost every day together. I remember getting on the plane ride to go to Orlando for fine arts because you get to go to uh, nationals if you qualify at fine arts. This year it's in Columbus, Ohio. There's a cheap plug, I'm just saying. Um, but we were on the plane and I sat with her and I talked with her and I asked her questions and it wasn't like, hey, what's your favorite color? It was like, hey, let's, let's talk about what you're passionate about. Let's talk about things that you care about. I was getting to learn her and, and we spent time together. And then how many people like Bob Ross? You watch Bob Ross? Yeah? Okay, well, we watched um, Bob Ross almost every night because uh, the guys who we took to, to, to uh, Orlando, they went to sleep super early. And so we just stayed up and we talked uh, in the living room watching Bob Ross paint 
everything. It was crazy. I don't know if you've ever had conversations while watching Bob Ross, but it's like you turn away and all of a sudden he's created something crazy and you're like, how did the, what you were just doing brushes here? It's crazy. It's wild if you ever do it. If you ever do it, if you ever do it, turn on Bob Ross and then like walk out of the room for 10 minutes and come back and you're going to go, what the, this is crazy. So, but the point is, the point is though, during that plane ride and, and during those conversations, I call them the Bob Ross conversations, uh, during those times, man, I was getting to learn Macy. I was getting to ask her questions and learn about her character. I was learning. I was putting in time. And then every day um, from July, I think until she left for the Philippines in October, we spent every single day together from July to October. It's crazy. Yeah. Like just learning about her, spending time. I feel like a lot of folks feel like dating is something that you do before you're married and and then they figure out or they look at their, their marriage 25 years in and they go, what's wrong with it? Because they only see dating as something you do before marriage, right? See, here's the important thing. If you guys want to take your relationship seriously, you have to make sure that you're dating whoever you're wanting to be with. You have to be intentionally dating them. And when you get older and you start to find those relationships that look like they could be marriages, you have to put time in and you have to put the time to date them and continue to date them. I will date Macy for the rest of my life. Absolutely. 100%. Because if I don't, if I don't, man, it's not going to be good. We'll get into it a little later. Before, before marriage, dating is this safe thing. Obviously, now that I'm engaged, I can't date anymore, right? Like, that's a given, <laughs> you know? You can't date anymore, but before marriage, it's this safe thing. It's this no-strings-attached time to get to know somebody. And you just have to learn the person and continue to learn the person and not be, not be satisfied with just marrying them. Here's, here's something that I want you guys to also be uh, intentional about with your dating relationships. Make sure that you're being safe with them, okay? Make sure that you're not uh, allowing people to look at your relationship and go, hey, uh, I think you're doing this. Because, you know, it, 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 these guys right here are talking in a courtyard. These two, these two guys are, are girl and guy. They're, they're talking in a courtyard in a public space. They're not trying to hide the relationship for one. Don't do that. That never ends well. And number two, they're not sneaking around anywhere either. They're not trying to sneak around. They're very public about where they're at. So I want to just kind of give you some, some words of advice. This really isn't in scripture, but I just want you guys to know this. If you're dating, be safe, especially if you're online dating. First off, get off Tinder. It's gross anyway. But, but if you're dating online, if you meet a person, maybe you don't know them, but you see them at school or something, and, and you guys want to go out on a date, that's cool. Meet in a, meet in a public place. Don't be, don't be crazy about it because you never know what can happen, man. There's horror stories of what can happen. Make sure that you're taking the time to just be smart about that. But this couple is spending time in the open air, and they enjoy one another's company. So... Get to know one another more and more in your dating relationships. Spend time. We're going to go ahead and get into the second thing already in just two verses, and we'll read a lot more. But already in two verses, we see that there's respect between these two as well. You see, the only way that you're going to get to know a person, the only way you can spend time with a person is if you respect them, right? 
How many people want to spend time with people who disrespect you? Yeah. How many people want to spend time with someone who's respectful to you? Yeah? Someone who respects you, someone who treats you nice, especially in your dating relationships, right? Healthy people, if you're healthy, they don't want to be, healthy people don't want to be romantic with people who are disrespectful. Man, they don't want to. Remember how I talked about last week? Who wants to give a cute pet name to a, a lady with the personality of an ogre? Like, like that's so true, man. If, if, there's a, if there's somebody who just acts so mean and vulgar, man, who, who wants to be with that person? Ladies, ladies, get to know this. Men want to feel respected. Guys want to feel respected. But on the flip side, women want to be respected as well. And they will never, they will never truly love you if they don't get that respect. So, it's a two-way street, obviously. So, huh? Well, no, I'm saying, every, I'm saying it's a two-way street. I'm saying it's a two-way street. Check it out. Check it out. So, let's see how this couple spends time together and how they cultivate a friendship. Let's look at how they regard each other. And we're about to read something in verse 9 that is just the most awesome compliment in all of Scripture. You guys ready for it? You guys ready for it? Go ahead and hit it up. I liken you, my darling, to a mare among Pharaoh's chariot horses. Come on. Come on. He called her a horse. Isn't that beautiful? He called her a beautiful mare among the chariot horses. Oh, isn't that beautiful? Ladies, how many people want to be called a, a, a horse? Isn't it great when a guy calls you a horse? Come on, man. That's awesome. Hey. I'll let you laugh a little bit. Hey. So this is actually getting lost in modern-day context, and that's the reason why I think going through a book like this is so important, because this, this is actually super, super beautiful. Because in this context, the, the, east, the Near East uh, region, they had stallions that were typically used to carry chariots, which carried who? Warriors and fighters and kings, and this was, their, this was a, a royal way to kind of be transported around. So, if you were in a battle, you sent a mare in to distract all the horses, right? You sent a beautiful horse in so that the horses would all get distracted, and it would cause chaos on the battlefield, and then you would win a victory. So, when he calls her a mare, he's not saying she looks like a horse. And guys, if you call a lady a horse, it's not going to end well, so don't try to do that. I'm just being honest. But, but he's saying, he's saying, and this is really awesome, guys. I want you guys to get on to this. Listen, he's saying that her beauty is set apart from all other horses in the army, all the other women that are around. He's saying your beauty is set apart. That's like seeing your significant other after camp. You spend a whole week at camp, and, and then you come back, and you're like, oh, man, you're, you're really cute. I like you. You guys ever spent time away from your significant other or girlfriend, and then they come back, and they dress like 10 times hotter for some reason? Like, yeah, like, <laughs> that's just how it is sometimes. And that's what he's saying. Listen, he's saying she's captivating. She's deserving of attention and respect. And, and this is important as well. She's also beyond monetary value. Beyond monetary value. Listen, not every man treats ladies with such kindness and such dignity. And sometimes not even their spouses. Uh, I was listening to a pastor one time talk about a friend of his. 
and he was out at the restaurant, and he was, uh, you know, just paying and doing everything that he needed to do. And uh, his wife looked over at him. They were having some trouble with, with communication and respect and all this stuff. And she looked at him and said, why don't you treat me with the same respect you treat her with? Man, man, how sad is it that a husband could treat a waitress better than his own wife at times and that his wife wants to be treated just as good as a waitress at, at, a, at, a, at a restaurant? Listen, that's not how you cultivate respect. That's how you kill a relationship. That's how you kill a relationship. So what Solomon is saying in this is actually really beautiful because what he's saying is you're the most wonderful thing that I have ever seen. Now, how does she respond? We're going to go down to verse 12, okay? We did. We're going to go down to verse 12, though. So this is, what, this is her response. This is her response. And please, I, I want you to, this is the language that's used, so do not, I don't need any immaturity, okay? We good? Cool? Awesome. This is what it says. It says, while the king was at his table, my perfume spread its fragrance. My beloved is like a sachet of myrrh resting between my breasts. My beloved is a cluster of henna blossoms from the vineyards of El uh, in Gandhi. Okay, so that's actually 14 as well. Listen, thank you guys. You guys did, good, did a good job. Please, please give yourself a round. I didn't know reading that, man. You never know. Listen, so what does that mean? What is, that, what is she saying there? She's actually saying just as powerful of a, of a compliment as he did. What she's saying is, uh, you're like the fragrance that I wear every single day. Back in that time, remember, we were talking about smells, people smelling gross. So women also smelled gross, okay? And what they did is they, they would typically buy these really expensive things of perfume, and they would keep it around their neck, man. And that was the thing. You guys remember in the New Testament when the, when the, when the lady walked through and burst open her, the fragrance that was around her neck that cost so much money and put it at Jesus' feet? That's what was going on. That was the context of what she's saying. And what she's saying is, she's saying, man, this is expensive, and I'm sitting here eating with my beloved, and my perfume gives off its fragrance. I'm radiant. She's saying, she's saying, you're precious, and you're very, very close to me. That was a woman's most prized possession in that culture. So when she says that you're like that to me, man, she's saying you are close to me. A mare and myrrh. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that beautiful? So, so ladies, you can say, hey, you're like, the, you're like the fragrance that I wear. And guys, you can call her a horse. I don't think it'll work very well. I don't think it'll work. So in verse, moving down into verse 15, this is what he says. He says, how beautiful you are, my darling. How beautiful your eyes are like doves. That's a bit better, right? He's getting on the right track here. Doves are, are gentle and they're peaceful. And what he's saying is, hey, man, you have deep, deep, deep beauty. I love, I, I, one of the things that I love about Macy is her eyes. I don't know if you've ever seen them, but they're super blue, and they're super awesome, and I love them so, so, so much. And what he's saying is, hey, man, this is like a deeper beauty than just what I've been complimenting before, what I've been saying before. He's, he's actually getting into the deeper stuff. And in verse 16 and 17, she responds by saying this, how handsome you are, my beloved. Oh, how charming. Our bed is verdant. 
he beams, uh, 17, the beams of our house are cedars and the rafters are firs. And that's what she, and, and so what she's saying is, man, this house is nice. This, this place is nice. Being with you and being in your presence is nice. That's what she's saying. She's saying, you're, pre- you're pleasant. You're my best friend. Listen, if you're dating someone and they can't be your best friend first, they're probably not going to be somebody who is going to last as far as a relationship. Just being honest, if you can't have genuine fun with, with that person, they're not gonna. They're not gonna be able to sustain that for for too long. She's saying, "When I'm with you, I'm a millionaire," and this man is so nice and he's so tactful and he's so respectful that she feels like a queen. And ladies, let me tell you, you always, always, always need to have that feeling towards the guy that you're dating, towards the guy that you eventually marry. Man, if he's not treating you like a queen, like royalty. You got you to question it a little bit, okay? I'm telling you. Guys, how many people have done this? I'm guilty of it as well, so, so don't feel bad in raising your hand or something. How many people have ever been romantic, guys? You've been romantic at a competition? At a competition. Because you're like, there's a girl that you like, but somebody else is trying to go, and you're like, I'm going to out-romantic you because I want to date you instead of him. Ever been like that? <laughs> I'm just naturally that way. <laughs> Listen, that kind of culture, that kind of mentality is not going to be sustained very well. Guys, don't just conquer a woman and mount her as a trophy wife and, and go on and pursue the rest of your dr- dreams and goals. Bring her along in that and love her and respect her. You know? Guys, continue to pursue your 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 spouse or, or whoever you're dating, date intentionally. Make sure that you are listening and respecting in her. Weigh your words, apologize quickly, and never win an argument. That's, that's the big one. Never win an argument. You'll, have, you'll, you'll find that that is actually one of the most respectful things you can do is when you walk away, even if you're right, if you can walk away from that, man, that's going to show her just an ultimate sign of respect. Am I wrong? Hmm? So, listen. So when you, when you give a relationship time and then you cultivate respect, this is what happens. We're in chapter two now. Say, whoop, whoop. We're in chapter two. Whoop, whoop. I know. I know. It's okay. It's okay. We're just, we're just getting, getting the basics here. So listen, this is what she says in verse two, or chapter two, verse one. I'm the rose... Of Sharon, a lily of the valleys. Guys, this is really important. This is really, really important. Because roses and lilies do not grow in clusters. They're singular. They're one. So what she's saying is she's feeling like the most special woman on earth by, by how he is respectful, how, what he's saying to her. She's saying, man, I feel like, uh, I feel like this lily, man. I feel like this special set-apart flower that just is, it, she's just feeling on cloud nine. You guys remember last week how she felt? Remember when she was talking about being, being skin burned and she was ugly? She, she told, bruised, she said, don't look at me. I'm ugly. Don't, 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 please don't. 
And now we see, not even a chapter later, she's saying, man, I'm special. I am beautiful. And that's because this guy treated her so well. Man, you guys, both, both genders, do not know how much your words can build up your spouse or, or the person you're dating, or they can tear them down. Listen, I've left a lot of relationships at the table with girls who were way worse off after I was in their life. And that's, and that's on me. That's on me. And that's really where it's at. And that's why you have to be so intentional about how you date. You guys with me? Just following along? I'm getting it? Good? Everything good? How many people are enjoying it? Enjoying getting to talk about relationships? So, so listen. Listen, and this is what I said kind of towards the beginning. I realized very early in my relationship that if there wasn't, if I wasn't encouraging to my girlfriend or I wasn't uh, building her up with every single breath that I gave, if I wasn't doing that, there was going to be somebody come along who would. There was going to be someone who would come along who would. And I'm not saying that I live in a, in a fear of, of, of Macy running out and, and you know, I don't feel, fear that at all. But guys and girls, it's a job. It's a job to date someone, especially when you're dating intentionally. You have to be so intentional about how, how you date. Because there will be some people who, who will come along and, and sneak their way in, and, and you have to just be really intentional about making sure that you're not going to let that happen. You guys with me? So this is what he says back to her. He says, like a lily among thorns is my darling among the young women. So what he's saying here is he's saying, no, hands off. Every other woman is hands off. You're the single most glorified woman in all the universe. That's what he's saying here when he's saying she's like a lily among thorns. So she's saying I'm a lily set apart. I'm singular. I'm, I'm this special thing. And he's saying, yeah, not only are you special, but you're among thorns. He's calling every other woman around thorns. He's, he's saying, man, you are, you, are, you are it for me. But not only does this woman's view of herself go up, look at what she thinks about the man. I think that it's, it, I think that it's really cool to, to see in, in, uh, in uh, verse 3. I'm going to read it. I don't know if it's up here. I don't think it is. But she says, like an apple tree among the trees of the forest is my beloved among the young men. I delight to sit in his shade. His fruit is sweet to my taste. So what she's saying is, man, I, I feel the same about you. She's reciprocating all of that that he is telling her. Guys, if you want the love and respect of a woman, you have to treat her like a singular queen. Every man does not have what it takes to meet. Uh, every other man does not have what it takes to meet my needs. That's what she's saying here. She's saying, your shade is protecting, and it's covering and comforting, and I want to be close because I know that you're not going to hurt me. She's saying, you nourish me with your love. How awesome is that? How many women and girls want to feel like that? You want to feel nourished and, and respected and cared for and safe around the person that you date? That's important. That's important. Listen. Listen. I feel confident about my relationship. Right? Another dude could come around and say, hey, Macy, you're beautiful. And I'd feel fine. I'm cool with that because I tell her that. They could say, hey, you, you have such a good work ethic. Man, you're awesome. I, 
cool. I tell her that. You know what I mean? I'm confident in that. He could say, hey, you, you know, you're really driven, and I love the passion that you have. Cool. I tell her that. Now he starts complimenting her legs. I'm probably going to knock him out. But <laughs> that's where it ends. That's where it ends, man. Some things, some things, some things are reserved for, for, for the spouse and for, for who you're dating, man. That's important to know. So what he's saying is that he provides and he protects her. Women, how, uh, girls, how many, how many people want to feel like that? How many girls want to feel protected and provided for, especially as you guys get older? Especially as you guys get older. Now, in, in uh, two, chapter 2, verse 4, oh, we're doing really good. In chapter 2, verse 4, they actually move from a public place to a, a dining hall. They're not in... Uh, they're not just hanging out anymore. They're actually sitting down at the dining hall. They're at Red Lobster or Olive Garden at this point. That's where they're at. They're, at a, they're, at a, uh, they're eating. And this is what she says in verse 4. Let him lead me to the banquet hall and let his banner over me be love. This is really awesome because in that time, generals would identify their troops by what banner they had. You know, uh, we call God a bunch of different names. We call him Yahweh. You know, we call him all sorts of, of different things. One of his names is Jehovah Nisi. Do you know what that means? Probably not. It's fine. The Lord is our banner. So when she says, you are my banner, let your banner over me be love, man, that is awesome. And that is powerful. You guys with me? So the idea that, that a general owned his troops by placing them under a banner, this means that the man was ruling over his woman with love. He was respectful, and he was loving, and he was building her up, man. And she felt it to the point that she said, man, let your banner over me be love. So guys, what does that mean? It means you've got to be gentlemen. Means you gotta open up doors. That means you gotta pull out chairs. That means you gotta uh, walk together. I think that that's something that kind of gets lost. I'm guilty of it a little bit too, because I kind of walk fast, and that's just how it is. But listen, walk together, man. Don't 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 drag you know your significant other around like they're a dog, or or do that. Hey, when you have kids. When you have kids, make sure that you protect your wife over your kids. I know that that sounds weird, but make sure you're doing that. I remember when I was, I was 16, 17, I was a punk. I told you guys I was a punk, right? One time I got in a heated argument with my mom, and she's probably listening to the podcast, so sorry. But I got in a heated argument with my mom, and I stepped up in her face. And guess who stepped up in my face? My dad. <laughs> my dad stepped in between, and he was like, uh-uh. Mm -mm, you do something to her, I'm messing you up. Now, that I know, I know that's hard, and, and hopefully that doesn't hap, you know, happen. But, man, if you have kids who challenge your wife, man, you better step up and protect her. Better step up and protect her. Make sure that you do that. In verse 5, we're almost done here. We're almost done. You guys, you guys getting something out of it? You guys feeling good about it? Getting a lot? Cool. In verse 5. In verse 5, it's, it says this. It says, strengthen me with raisins. Freshen me with apples, for I am faint with love. Do you guys know what raisin cakes are? No? No. Well, these were like, these were like super awesome. Uh, they were celebratory kind of desserts. 
that were uh, in the Old Testament. You guys know the Ark of the Covenant, right, and how big that was? That was the presence of God in the Old Testament, right? When, they, when David, when David uh, established the kingdom of Israel, he handed out raisin cakes. So, so yeah, so, so it's kind of this celebratory thing. So when she's saying, man, man, she's saying, strengthen me with raisins and refresh me with apples for I'm faint with love. What she's saying is, let's celebrate. Let's do this. I, I love this. And this is also something that's actually really passionate. It's actually something that's kind of, kind of pushing it a little bit. She's starting to move into a, a deeper attraction. She's starting to say, hey, I actually like want you like bad, is what she's saying here. And in verse 6, this is what she says. His left arm is under my head, and his right arm embraces me. Did you know that when the Old Testament was finished, when they were reading the whole Old Testament as their, as their book, because that's what they had, especially as the New Testament was being written. All they had was the Old Testament. The, the Jewish boys who were reading the scriptures couldn't read this verse. It was too steamy. It was too steamy. It was too hot, man. They couldn't do it. What she's saying here is, man, she's saying, I want you really, really badly. That's what she's saying. But, but I think it's important, the next verse, how he responds for this. And he responds with this word that's huge. Go ahead. Oh, wait. Yep. Oh, yeah. Let's read seven first. My bad. My bad. It's, yeah, just hold on for a minute. This is what she says. This is what he says. Daughters of Jerusalem, I charge you by the gazelles and by the, doves of the, uh, by the does of the field. This is important. Do not arouse or waken love until it so desires. This is what he's showing, and now you can show it. He's showing restraint in this verse. That's a hard word for us sometimes. Restraint. He's saying, I'm holding back. I'm not doing that. What he's saying here, because she just basically said, man, I want you, like, physically, like, really bad. And what he's saying here, he takes, he takes the, the initiative here. What he says is, sweetheart, that feeling that you feel, that's good. And that's well, and, and that's awesome, but it doesn't need to be awakened until a later date. He's saying, not yet. Not yet. Don't awaken love yet. I think it's important to know that the guy is the one taking the initiative in that, in that step. Taking that initiative to say, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. We're not going to get physical. We're not doing this right now. We're not going to awaken that yet. That's not something that we are going to do. When you spend time regarding and respecting a person, spending time with a person like what we just talked about for this entire time, naturally, and you guys have probably heard this in schools, naturally, you're going to want that person. That's just a natural feeling that comes, man. And that's okay, and that's good, as long as you have that restraint. Remember how we talked about lines that you wouldn't cross last week? How we talked about setting up those standards? Man, this should be number one in bold, in italics, and underlined, all three. And in red as well. Man, restraint is huge. I'm not saying that, that that feeling is necessarily evil. Of course it's not. God created that. But what he is saying is, no, we're not going to do this now. We're not going to do this now. This is not what I am going to allow to happen yet. He takes that initiative in keeping the purity of the relationship intact. 
Remember we talked about fires last week and how you start a fire, how you keep it going, and it's important to keep that thing going, especially as you're staying attracted. I want to bring another fire analogy into this thing. How many people have fireplaces in your homes? Uh, sure. <laughs> no. No, 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 no. So, listen, listen. If you have a fireplace, what's it made of? Go ahead. What's it made of? Fireplace. Good stone. Absolutely. What comes with a fireplace when you guys install fireplaces? Wood comes with, well, yeah, you go out and get your wood. But you have, you have fire pokers. You have that screen to protect, you know, everything. Exactly. It's true. So here, let me, let me tell you something. So when, the, when you build a fireplace, you build it with stone. And you have the fire pokers, you have the net, you have all your safety precautions. And fireplaces are awesome, aren't they? How many people love a nice fireplace? You know, you just lighten that. Oh, come on. It's great, especially in the cold. Listen, this is important, and this is where I want to kind of land tonight. Sex to a marriage? Yeah, I know. We're getting in there. Listen, listen, listen. Sex to a marriage is the fire. It's not the whole cake, it's just the topping. But if you let that thing lit premaritally and you, and you let that thing go, it's going to be out of where it was supposed to be. What happens if you start a fire and you don't have a fireplace? Congratulations, you successfully started a house fire. It's in your living room, congratulations, coffee table's gone. Like, yes, exactly. Exactly. If, guys, listen, it would be crazy to light a fire in, a in the middle of a living room if you don't have a fireplace, wouldn't it? It would be crazy to have a fireplace and not light it in the context of the fireplace, wouldn't it? It would be. If, if, if you're sitting in the middle of the living room and you light a, a, a match on fire and it just burns the whole house down, man, here's, the, here, here's something. I don't know if you guys know this. Did you guys, have you guys ever seen um, uh, a demolition of a house or a demolition of a hotel or anything? There's two things, there are two structures that always stay up whenever you demo a house or a hotel or whatever. Elevator shafts and fireplaces. Listen, listen. If you lived your life with uncontrolled passion, the way that, that this guy, this guy had a choice. He could have said, hey, let's, let's do this thing. He could have been like, it's on, let's do it. Listen, but he didn't. That's what happens with your uncontrolled passions. Are you guys listening? Just paying attention, this is important. They will burn your entire relationship out and all you will have left is sex. All you will have left is physical attraction. That's it. That is not what you sh should build your dating relationships, your marriages, your everything. That's not what it's meant to be, and that's not what it's meant to be built on. Everything would burn down, and all you would have left is the fireplace. It's just the way that, it, it's, just the way that, that it's structured. So listen, if you guys would just focus with me for a, a few more minutes. Maybe, 
Maybe you guys are doing great with this, and you're taking that stand, and praise God, man, that's awesome. Maybe, and I'm not trying to call anybody out here, maybe you've already let that fire kind of go out and, and, and spread. And, and listen, I'm here to tell you there's forgiveness and there's restoration in Jesus, man, and you can have that. And you can stop that house fire from completely burning everything down. Don't let that passion control your life because it will. And it will not only ruin yourself, it will ruin all the people around you. And it will ruin the future you have at dating with other people. Do you know how long it took for me after making the mistakes that I made? I made a lot of mistakes. A lot of mistakes. And it took so long to have a relationship that was actually worth pursuing and keeping around. It destroyed everything that I had. I don't want that to happen with you guys. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful for a loving Savior that forgives us of every single sin that we could have. So maybe you are in that camp. Let me tell you something. Jesus loves you, and he wants to restore you, man, every single step of the way. It is not too late. You guys can still restore that purity, man. I remember um, I was talking with a pastor friend, and he actually had a kid outside of marriage. He, he wasn't a Christian when he had a kid, and, and then he got married, and she also had uh, premarital sex, and, and we were talking about it, and, and uh, he said there was a guy who asked him, said, Pastor, how could you marry her? She was, you know, not a virgin. And he said, yeah, but she didn't know Christ. He said, so when she gave her heart to the Lord, she became a new creation. When we had... Uh, that in our marriage, when that was a thing as a part of our marriage, man, she was already pure. She was already restored. And that could be you tonight. So if you guys would, just bow your heads and close your eyes. And again, there's no special formula to doing that. It's just it's a focus thing because people can get super distracted, especially with a topic like this. I want to say thank you guys for, for, for really, you know, paying attention and and being attentive, and, and I just really appreciate it, because I remember how, how it was sitting there, and how awkward it kind of was sometimes, and I just really appreciate you guys. I want to let you guys know that. If you're here tonight, with every head bowed, every eye closed, if you're here tonight, and you're saying, you know what, I, I awaken that, and, uh, and my dating relationship is suffering because of it, my relationship with other people is suffering because of the mistakes that I've made. Maybe it wasn't anything physical. Maybe you just don't treat people with respect and you don't treat the person you're dating with respect. And that's what you need res restoration in, man. God wants to restore that. God wants us to have relationships that are glorifying him in every single way. And so... Maybe you're here tonight and, and you've made those mistakes and you're just asking for restoration. You don't have to necessarily tell me uh, when you raise your hand what it was. You don't have to come up with me after. It might be a time thing. Maybe you're not spending time with people. Maybe you're not respecting people. Or maybe, maybe you've kind of let that flame go into places and areas that it shouldn't go. If that's any, any one of you, would you please just raise your hand? Just say, man, that's what I've done with my relationships. And... I'm sorry for it. And I want to repent for that, man. God sees that. Yeah. I see that hand. Mm -hmm. I see it. 
to see it. It's good. Maybe, maybe you have no relationship with God whatsoever. And it's really hard for you to even hear about dating because you've been hurt by people. You've been left by people. Maybe your parents are divorced. Maybe you just are, are surrounded by that, man. Let me tell you, as we go through this relationship series, as we're going through looking at just physical relationships, let me tell you, there's a relationship that you can have with Jesus Christ, and it will never let you down. And it is the perfect example of the love that we can experience through reading this, through reading what we're reading through. So maybe that's you. Maybe you want that relationship with the Lord because you never really made that a thing. If that's you, if you've never truly given your heart to the Lord and, and you want to do that tonight, if you would raise your hand, just boldly, if you would raise your hand, man, say, I want to I give my heart to the Lord truly, for real this time. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Let's go to the Lord in prayer, man. Father, you're so good. Thank you for giving uh, us your word on relationships and uh, friendships and how we're to treat other people just in general, but also specifically how we're supposed to look at and pursue and maintain relationships in a godly way. Father, I pray that if there is any sort of of restoration that's needed, any sort uh, of, of emptiness that is felt because they've been let down by people, maybe they haven't given enough time to people, maybe people haven't given enough time to them, maybe they haven't given respect to people and maybe respect hasn't been given to them, I don't know what it looks like, but you do. So Father, I pray that we would just take this time to worship you and to see you and, and, and to engage in your presence. And Father, I pray that you would just begin to restore. You would begin to, to, to uphold and you would begin to just lift up each and every student that's here with whatever they have. Father, for those who are making the first time dedication and saying, I really want to be about this. This is really where, I, I'm, where I'm at and I want to be with you. Father, praise God for their boldness. I thank you for that. Lord, I pray that you would continue to move in their hearts, continue to stir their hearts. I pray that you would bring them to a genuine encounter with you in this, in this next uh, few moments. Father, I thank you for each and every one of them. I ask that we would just seek you out so in such a genuine way. We love you. And we thank you. We can't wait to praise you like we're about to do. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen.